0: Welcome to Gator Bites, the official business podcast of the Maryland Davies College of Business. Uh, today's episode is about international business, where business dreams take flight. Uh, before we begin, remember to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, the Platform X, formerly known as Twitter, and on YouTube. Uh, today's guest, we have Dr. Dietrich von Biedenfeld. Welcome. Good morning. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, well, uh, Begin, you know, I want to go ahead and ask you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your teaching career, and about the International Business Program here at the Maryland Davies College of Business. Well,
1: it's an interesting happy accident where I was working in industry and someone suggested that I become an adjunct professor. Mm-hmm. So I called in, I did the application, and then Dr. Stanberry said, why don't you apply for a full-time job? So I came initially as a visiting assistant professor uh, with Dr. Isaac Elking, and the next year we both moved into tenure track positions as assistant professors. Uh, so over that six-year term, we've built a, quite a few programs. We've added a few courses to the curriculum, including one course i developed with the Center for Latin American Studies here at UHD. um, A course on examining commerce in Latin America specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've really enjoyed it. Before this, I was the Chief Contracts Officer for the Houston Community College District, the San Jacinto College District, mm-hmm. and a Contracts Officer for the Harris County Department of Education, which most people don't even realize exists. Wow. Um, I've also worked overseas prior to that, but I'm sure we'll talk more about that <laughs> soon. And I grew up in Houston. I went to Second Baptist until my junior year. I was playing in the Summer Jazz Workshop, and the band director recruited me to Willow Ridge. So my junior and senior year, I played in a high-stepping, marching band oh, nice. in
0: Willow Ridge. You know that's so funny uh, going back to my own high school experience I was also a band kid I played saxophone and uh, I always admired all the high steppers whenever they would go onto the field it was a different style of marching but it's it's really cool you know I, it's something that you know you don't really know about people unless you ask so um, you know just diving into um, our business programs here. Uh, We want to ask you about our international business program. Um, Tell us a little bit more about um, what is involved in it, and what is the ideal candidate seeking an international business degree? The neat thing about our
1: international business program is we have a dedicated curriculum for international business majors, and Dr. Islam coordinates with the international business association Mm -hmm. so that student association i've spoke to that group a few times about different careers and apprenticeships and internships through uh, various entities to build an international career but we also bring in professors from different disciplines so Mm Part of my discipline is supply chain management, and Dr. Candace Tinbrink, who I travel with frequently for study abroad, is in management. She's a strategic management and entrepreneurship uh, professor. So international business brings those people in. The cool thing about international business potential majors is there are so many different careers in our global marketplace. Hmm. If you're an accounting, Uh, sort of major of personality but you want to work internationally, you might want to be an international business major with an accounting minor or a finance minor or a supply chain minor Mm -hmm. so you can really understand the business aspects within the overall commercial environment of our global marketplace.
0: Wow, that's so fascinating. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was that there's a study abroad component. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? I also understand there's an internship component as well. Absolutely, we have a diverse set of options to ensure our graduates
1: are equipped to succeed in their professional lives, whether it's entry level or mid-level, because of course our diverse student body sometimes already has jobs. Sometimes they're already working in jobs and they just need a promotion or a different trajectory. So depending on the experience level, we have the study abroad program. Dr. Tenbrick and I have traveled to Austria, Slovenia, South Africa, Namibia, uh, and our upcoming trip to Australia is, is still in the works. So we've taken our students many places, then we've got the internship component where we partner with different agencies to provide that perspective, to give students a taste of what it might be like to work in a directly international business career. We know that most of our products are manufactured or assembled overseas and come here. So we're aware of the international business community. But as an individual, your professional role working in the capacity as an international business executive, that requires certain skills, particular skills. And as far as students who might consider an international business major, get started on learning a second language. Um, Take some trips, right? Before you commit to a certain career path, Go shadow someone in that environment. One of the things, just personally, I was very uncertain about law firm culture because I had heard horror stories. Mm -hmm. So before I considered uh, different jobs, I would actually go shadow people to see what they really do to make sure that the job title and description aligned with what I was going to do day to day because I didn't want some high-minded job description and then show up every day stamping papers, which is what I did for the State Department in Tokyo. But that's another story. Uh, So (laughs) when we think about those things, learning another language, going to explore those cultures, kind of getting a taste. And that's what we try to do with the internship before you actually put both feet in the water, put a toe in,
0: make sure it's not too hot or cold. You know, that's so fascinating because more often than not, you want to be able to get a taste of what your day-to-day is going to look like in the next chapter after you graduate. And we want to ultimately have fulfilling careers and um, everything you said tracks with what it encompasses the international experiences, but at the same time, by being able to get your foot in the water and understand what is it actually like to work in a different country and a different work culture, um, it gives you an idea of like whether or not you'll be equipped to be successful in that role, or if it's something that is some is an opportunity to look into other venues and other career paths down the line. Uh, but we ask very hard-hitting questions here, and we have... A question that's on every student's mind. Where are you going in spring 2024? Absolutely. We're going to Australia. So we've got the trip set up. We've, we're still doing
1: some negotiations. We were initially going to Sydney and Canberra, the capital. Mm-hmm. However, it's the summer months. The students are going to love the weather. They're going to love the excursions that we do to build the cultural understanding of that community. Um, but we may also, instead of doing Canberra, track in a Melbourne excursion and kind of pop in to see some local government leaders, meet with business executives, and on all of our trips we've had some really dynamic presentations from companies that sometimes have offices or even are headquartered in the United States like Johnson & Johnson or Ernst & Young And then we meet with the satellite representatives there because that's another aspect of international business you may want to explore things in other cultures Mm -hmm. but have a home base here right i might want to really uh, explore japan and enjoy sushi but they're not going to make you good tamales over there so i might want to come back every so often so there are a lot of jobs that offer uh, tdy temporary duty assignments where you can go explore uh, local culture and estonia slovenia or other places that are very visa, work visa-friendly for U.S. citizens. Uh, Or, you know, you can stay over there for a longer period with the State Department, two to four years. That's another career path for our international business majors. But you can always come home.
0: You know, you stole the question right out of my mouth. Um, I was going to ask you, it sounds like you've already had some international work experience working with the State Department. And it's so fascinating that you mentioned the State Department specifically in Tokyo. But tell us a little bit more about your general business experience internationally as a whole. And how did it impact you and shaped you as an individual? I'm a continuous uh,
1: improvement person. So I'm a lifelong learner. And even last year when I was in Milan as a delegate for an international summit on environmental law, the year before when I was in Mexico City, I'm still continuing to learn and grow as a business professional. There's not a time where you stop and say, I, I'm at the pinnacle. Uh, once you stop growing, uh, you start on the backward path. So I don't like to do that. But I really found that um, some of my experience was shaped by having two older siblings, uh, one sister who was in Japan with the military, another sister who participated in the jet program. Mm-hmm. And I was able to visit them and sort of explore that culture. And of course, on a personal note, being of mystic uh, ethnicity, my father being from Germany, my mother being black, Irish, and Creole, I really found the symbiotic nature of Japan to meet and resonate with me as a person. That is, they're very timely, very punctual, very work-centric, like my father's culture generally, and then on my mother's culture, very polite. I will say, when you go to Germany and you go in a store and someone says, what do you want, as a Texan, you bristle a little bit. So it was a great uh, amalgamation of cultures where I found it appreciable, and that work experience opened my eyes. But that's another area where when students are considering, do I want to make this huge jump? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can have an intermediary. So my sister was also a professor at the University of Hawaii, and so I was able to visit there, a very large Asian, East Asian population. So I was able to interact with Japanese nationals in an environment that was still U.S. centric, and where I was uh, not needing a work visa or permit, and sort of explore the cultural
0: interactions from the safety of uh,
1: Waikiki Beach.
0: Oh man, to be sipping a mai tai on Waikiki Beach while learning about international business—what else do you want? Right. <laughs> no, but um, you know, we we look abroad often for inspiration. But you know, after everything that's happened with the pandemic, there are some people who wanted to retreat the international space who believe in more of the idea of isolation. Uh, why do you think it's so important to be able to look beyond our borders and do business internationally uh, in terms of the international business space?
1: Well, absolutely. How do you grow without taking in perspective. That's why you often see polls done for political candidates or you see surveys done of restaurants. Many of our students are using Yelp or Google reviews. That's to get that additional perspective. And if you only look through the lens of homogeneity, you're really not going to reach your full potential because you're going to reinforce habits that aren't necessarily healthy for your mind or spiritual growth. um, And you're not going to be able to take full advantage. And so I really think, as we saw with World War I, where we tried isolationism and it did not work, the pragmatic
0: reality is. It's a global culture. And if you don't go out to it, it will come to you. You know, uh, that's that's very telling because we have to be able to look beyond our borders to find new ideas, to be able to connect with people, and it sort of serves as a conduit for global peace and global security. But that being said, one of the things that you mentioned earlier in our interview stood out to me. You said that you got your law degree. Um, How did that shape your understanding of international affairs? And you touched a little bit on environmental law, but more broadly speaking, how does the law and international affairs come together? It depends. Typical lawyer answer. And your question is excellent and
1: very relevant for people considering careers international law because or international business because the law governs most of our relationships. And we want to be sure that we understand how different cultures, different countries interpret contracts. You've got the civil law tradition of France and in the United States and Louisiana, and then the other 49 states that are common law like the United Kingdom. And as we decide how to interpret contracts, as we try to transact business, we're really going to want to understand those other cultures. Cultures. and the law provides a more universal or consistent framework for those relations almost like a common language mm-hmm. so being sure unfortunately Esperanto didn't uh, go anywhere so we don't have a universal language um, and there's a beauty in that there's a beauty in having Spanish Portuguese Japanese etc in our uh, sort of fabric of our c- cultural quilt um, and I and I love how diverse we are but again your question is excellent because the law, is something that every student who wants to progress in international business you should at least look at one risk or insurance course one law course and one accounting course and i'm the last person to recommend an accounting course but they offer value so if you can't take an accounting course maybe a finance course to add a little bit of nuance to the interpretation of some of the business principles you encounter even if you're doing international business on a marketing front or international business on a logistics front many of these things still tie into what is legally permissible, what is forbidden, and then
0: that gray area that we discuss in uh, legal ethics. You know, that's so fascinating, specifically when it comes to international business law and marketing. I understand that in the European Union you have to meet certain privacy expectations if you want to be able to uh, market to people on the internet or on social media channels. Uh, And that's the same thing whether you're in the European Union or you're in the United States. If you're going to do business in the European Union you have to follow their laws and regulations and that's something that you would definitely learn in international law and international business as well. Um, you know, I want to ask you uh, from your perspective what advice would you have for students seeking an international career?
1: One area is to broaden your horizons, open your mind and again put one toe in the water. Uh, I mentioned Hawaii I found quite a few lessons in Hawaii as far as understanding myself better. When you're going to the store that opens at 11 and it's not open, it's 11.30 and there's workers inside just kind of doing the shaka, hang loose man, and you say, you know, I like visiting this place because I'm on vacation, but if I had a work day and I had a one-hour lunch break and the store wasn't open or I couldn't get my lunch in that 60-minute period, Mm -hmm. I would be very angry because I'm going to get in trouble with my boss. So some of those cultural aspects of understanding yourself and saying, okay, I need a place where there's a little bit more structure or timeliness, even though I like for vacation the beach and the Mai Tais. Uh, When we think about those things, I'd also encourage students to do a little bit of reading about the different career prospects and some of the future careers. Many times we're looking at what is going on today, and if you ask a petroleum engineering major from 20 years ago that studied something, and then as soon as they graduated the market dropped out, they're like, I didn't even like this degree. It just said it paid well. Well, we got to look at future
0: trends and look for your passion. You know, you touched on my last question for you. I think that whenever we're trying to predict the future it's something that's very uncertain it's something that's always shifting and it won't happen until it actually happens but you know having had your international experience and having being able to be a professor in international business where do you see international business in the next 10 years and what advice would you have to people trying to navigate the crazy topsy turvy world after the pandemic After the pandemic, I encourage people to push their comfort zones. I encourage our students
1: and our alumni to reach out to their friend networks and reaffirm those relationships because humans are social creatures. Even as an introvert myself, and I also encourage students to take MBTI or StrengthsFinder or even the Enneagram, just find some personality tool to give you some insights and language or vernacular to describe your feelings about yourself. Even in those situations, we're still social creatures. And I think as we look to the future of the international business community, many of the conflicts that we're experiencing post-pandemic are still reinforcing that interdependence of our global environment. We we depend on other countries for our crops. We depend on other countries for certain technology. Taiwan, as a major semiconductor producer, and that nuance of our interaction with China and navigating that potential conflict Those are gonna be big issues on the international business community. So looking at supplier diversity, what's the next big thing? And some of these ideas that we look at with AI or other technologies, they're on the horizon. So just anticipating those and making sure that you're saying, you know, this is the region that I like working in because even when there's conflict, I do have friends who are very successful doing business in Central American countries that if you just look at the State Department index, it says it's unsafe. Well, I traveled to El Salvador and I felt very safe. I felt very safe in South Africa because of the environments I was in. So do your homework, do your research, but anticipate that and remain agile remain nimble. And that's where that second language comes
0: in, making sure that you're able to uh, pivot as needed. That and just being a lifelong learner, just being curious and always being open to new ideas, meeting new people. And I feel that one thing that often gets left out in the international experience is just the food. The food is a common way to be able to connect with a culture that you might not even know of, and you might have a way to be able to understand what are the roots. Uh, food is a common language, so is business, so is law. So there are many ways to be able to be on this space and be at the forefront of it. Now you're making me hungry. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Well, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today, Dr. Thank Dietrich. you. Uh, I've been your host, Miguel Gomez. Um, our producers have been uh, Victor Henson, Ricardo saint Duran Our set designer was Evangelina Vasquez. Uh, remember to follow us on social media channels and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this has been Gator Bites, the official business podcast of the Maryland Davis College of Business and we remind you to always take a bite out of business. We'll see you later, Gators.